Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall with my guy, Robbie Falke, to talk some kicks. What's good, man? How you doing? I'm going to be making an honest effort to match the level of intensity Fomer Simpson opens his videos with. So I'm going to try to be more animated and be more fun. Because I watched some of his videos earlier today, and I was like, he makes you feel welcome to the episode. So even as I say that, I'm still pretty monotone, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm being mindful of it. So I'm doing good, though. Just trying to learn and grow every day. Yeah, I'm with it, man. I mean, Fomer and, and Buckets, uh, we go we go way, way back. And those guys are two of the nicest dudes I have met in this sneaker thing over my, you know, 10, 15 years doing this stuff in a, in a work-like setting. Yeah. And I, I a hundred percent agree. It's always good, right? Like it's like always on energy. I mean, you and I might vibe quite a bit, but there's just something different when it's like brother type stuff, you know, there's Raz and a lot of, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that comes through in the conversation. And uh, for sure, I think they are, some good people to try to emulate and definitely support. So if you haven't checked out Foamy and Buckets podcast, obviously Foamer has been around for quite some time on YouTube and they've got a pretty, a pretty solid Patreon going on over there on, on their Patreon page. Um, and of course, uncivilized. I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say. I've got, yeah. I've got plenty of uncivilized gear over the, over the course of the last handful of years. Let's be honest. It's all from the mullet. If Buckets didn't have the mullet, there wouldn't be this, you know, wouldn't be the same energy. This mullet brings <laughs> a certain level of of pedigree to any project. So that's what, that's what we're missing. None of us have mullets. I'm balding. Mike's balding. <laughs> There's no mullet love in this in this trio. So it's true. It's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You know, that's what we've been missing all along. So hey, if if you're out there and you got a mullet. Hit us up. Come on. Be a guest. Actually, you know, we need to just get get Fomer and Buckets on and do an episode with them. That would be super dope. That would be. Now that my um, setup's like 40% done, we should be looking at some type of video here in the next couple months. So TBD, a lot of fun stuff that would be. That rhymed really poorly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, not to not to to sell people on your uh, 
on your your new your new spot but i saw on i saw on the discord you know the the uh the shoes moving in man it's a, it's an exciting time to to be a, a fly on the wall of, of the discord getting to see what you're doing with the new new space it's very nice i am i'm setting stuff up by like jordan lebron kobe basketball general which is like all brands and then like lifestyle general which is all brands not nike and then nike lifestyle which is like everyday shoes so it's it's i'm interested to see and hear how other people categorize or organize their shoes because i told somebody how i did it like that's dumb i'm like all right well okay i guess i'm dumb but um (laughs) everybody does it a different way i bet so it's just interesting to see how people would count their stacks yeah for sure and and i'm i'm still in that in that phase i decided to just basically set everything up and get moving on things and then i figured that i would actually organize as i go because i still have boxes and boxes and boxes of shoes in the garage so it's it's super challenging to even know what i still have and you know what where i'm going to put stuff so I kind of went with the, okay, well, let me just get the basics in here. Like there's a lot of books that I like to have access to. There's a lot of just random little stuff, setting up the cameras for YouTube and for doing the podcast and, you know, various things. So it's like, I brought in what I, what I already knew was in the inboxes. And then I still have a a long way to go, but I do want to get to the point of actually organizing like that and having like, you know, just knowing where everything's at would be uh, something that I haven't experienced in years because everything's been in storage for so long. So, or at least moved from storage to storage for so long. It's a magical feeling. I've never had my shoes in one place as an adult, which is funny because part of our episode will take us into when you became a sneakerhead. And I think at that young age was the last time just about all my things were in one location. So. It's funny. Yeah, it is kind of interesting because, you know, as a as a you know, as your entry into becoming a sneakerhead, you obviously are only thinking about one thing, and that's getting shoes. Not that we don't think about getting shoes 24 seven now, but it's a different type of obsession, right? So, so, yeah. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit though. As, as Robbie said, definitely want to talk about uh, about kind of like what it what it was like becoming a sneakerhead, and then what it means to be a sneakerhead. And I think you know most importantly, this idea came from from our uh, from our Discord group, which you can access through Patreon, patreon.com slash sneaker history. But this was a, a suggestion from Jay Wolfer seventy three, and you know I still. Um, I'm still blown away, like just the, the community of, you know, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 people in there right now. But if you're interested, I, I totally think it's, it's worth worthwhile and you can always cancel and, and, you know, dip out if you want to, if you're not feeling it, but it's been really dope to see people supporting each other and getting to know each other in in ways that for me is very reminiscent of my early years on the internet, right? Kind of connecting with people around sneakers, uh, you know, that around the country and around the world that I would have never been able to without the internet. So 
super dope. Uh, definitely highly suggested. I think we put a PSA out just speaking of suggestions. Um, people talk about a whole bunch of different brands in there. And I'm just still kind of sad I didn't get the 550 New Balance retros from a couple weeks ago. You know what I'm talking about? Like the old school looking basketball shoe. Mm-hmm. Man, I've been seeing people wear that. A, it makes me happy to see people wear shoes that were coveted. Like, thank you. Somebody actually put them on their feet. But it's like, man, I don't know anything about New Balance. Not my forte. But that's a good looking shoe. And there's some New Balance fans in that Discord. So it all it all circles back to Discord is the moral of that story. That 550 is super, super dope. I mean, I, I didn't get it either. I think, you know, from everything that I've seen, like the quality on them looks bananas. That's not a shoe that would fit under this, but I actually just recently posted a, a, a coupon code, um, 25% off of one of our partners, which is, is like kind of a new thing that I haven't really been doing. You know, we did it early in the podcast just to test it out and see how it worked. But, um, especially because there was a couple of people in there that hadn't tried some brands. And I was like, you know, we could reach out and see if I could still do this promo code with, you know, to, to help these guys kind of just experience some new stuff. Right. And I think that's, that's kind of always one of the goals for me is like get people to experience other stuff just because at the end of the day, you always are going to go back to like your favorites, right? Like if you grew up on a Nike or a Jordan or an Adidas or whatever, those are always going to be a part of your collection. But I think it's, it's super important for people to get to kind of, look and feel different things and try on different things because man, I mean, just in the, you know, year and a half, whatever we've been doing the podcast, you've, you've come up on a few like gems from other brands that I think otherwise would have been, wouldn't even been on, you know, any of our radars. So, um, I guess unwritten benefits from being in the, in the discord group for sure. That's a damn fact. So uh, what uh, what are you rocking and what are you copping this week? Anything on the in the on the radar? Do you put anything on while you were uh, moving? Um, just my typical nasty ass free runs as I go back and forth. Um, it was fun finding some old shoes that I haven't seen in a long time or forgot that I owned. So those got put to the top of the piles. So in the coming weeks, there will be some more fun things rocked. But today, I just put on my. Uh, uh, Epic React twos, just for a little like walk around the neighborhood. That walk ended in a euro, but it was still a good <laughs> athletic walk. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> it a euro. Um, and in terms of what I'm looking to cop, I'm just mad that sneakers notifies me about every dumb thing I don't want to know about. But whenever there's a restock of, oh, let's say every dunk that's released i never know about it so i've been pretty hurt that i didn't even get to attempt to take a loss in any of those dunks that restocked today um sneakers app again just bringing back random restocks but um on the go forward i'm just really looking for more jordan ones i'm trying to really limit what i'm allowed to buy in the coming months so like those white and navy Japan Jordan ones, the Mocha ones, all the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's like anything that's a good one, it's gonna get try to get copped up. But how about you? What's on your radar? What have you been rocking? 
Um, I mean, I actually threw on uh, some some answer fours today. Um, nice. Just, yeah, like nothing spectacular, but the black and white, you know, kind of like the the classic colorway, just to, to feel uh, human again. And didn't really do much. Uh, took the dog for a walk, and that's about it. And as far as what I'm looking at copping, honestly, the there's there's a lot of stuff that I really like. Um, I think I might try to get these Jaden Smith New Balances. Oh, yes. I just think they're kind of like funky looking. The colors are funky. And to me, that's that's just like a win, right? It just looks like something that somebody would be like, oh, what's that? You know, that's a great, great pickup. I didn't even think of that. So that'd be good. Yeah. I think oh. uh, I think I I I'm, I got to check on the on the release. I know it's going to be on Foot Locker um, like on the 23rd or something. So hopefully I can get it on there. A lot of trainer threes. So another trainer three released and another one's going to release in the coming days. So there's a Halloween one coming out pretty soon. And I think that's pretty cool. But it's just it's nice to see those type of old models where if you're an old head, the trainer three knows needs little introduction to your life. But new heads, that's a shoe that doesn't come around as often as you was as you would think. So if you haven't tried out a trainer three before, find out how narrow and flat they are for yourselves and uh, figure it out. So try new things, mix it up. Yeah, definitely. And trainer three is classic too. I mean, that's one of my, one of my favorite trainer models. I think, I think they're, uh, they've brought back some, some of the like really good ones. And I'm hoping that there's also some like new, I don't want to call them classics. Cause that's kind of, cheesy i guess for something that's really a, a retro of a retro of a retro but i feel like that silhouette is is like just waiting for for more great colorways right like there hasn't been a ton because the shoe the the model hasn't been released a ton it's been kind of dormant for quite a while but i could see uh i could see some some other you know famous or iconic colorways making a really big splash on that on that silhouette if only, but it's all going to be Jordan 4s and Jordan 1s. So, Yeah. yeah. Before we get into the rest of the episode, I should probably read a review here. We've got a pretty good one that comes from the franchise 08. And it says, number one sneaker podcast, five stars. Absolutely love this podcast. I've tried out other sneaker podcasts, but this one covers all the bases. From sneaker history, the latest drops and news, to great interviews. This is exactly what I'm looking for. I found it a couple of weeks ago and I've been slapping in my headphones at work and literally knocking out two to three episodes a day. I'm a big Jordan 90s basketball fan. So I love the episodes on older sneaker signature lines, i.e. the Penny Hardaway and the Charles Barkley episodes. Signed up for the Patreon and joined the Discord today as well. P.S. I DM'd Robbie on Instagram today and sent him my address for the M&Ms, LOL. Had to sign into my mom's iTunes to leave a review, but this podcast is well worth the extra effort. Keep up the great work, guys. That's so, what I'm talking about. That that extra mile. We need all y'all to go that extra mile for us. Like, it's just it's just a review. It's free. You can get a free review for us. Shout out to the franchise 08. I don't know if you talked to him on the Discord or hit him up on Instagram DMs, but uh, it's super dope that we're uh, diversifying the age range of the group of people on our Discord. So I'm really stoked to have him involved. True. And every time I hear the franchise, 
Do you also hear franchise like the Houston Rockets? <laughs> yeah. You want to hear the word. It could be in any context. But yes, he did reach out. And um, I'll be sending some M&Ms out to base for him once I get this house kind of situated. So all in due time, as Jay's favorite line once was. So yeah. thanks for the login to your mom's. Um, it's even cooler that your mom's a franchise. So then <laughs> her profile, right? So like she has a badass name. Um, but we appreciate it. That's the extra effort. There's a lot of people who are already on iTunes probably right now listening. It's not that hard. Slide on in. Go click the five-star button and leave a quick review. You don't have to go jump in your mom's account. Um, but if you haven't done so yet, just take the little bit of time. It helps us so much. So, yeah. hey, and, and and if your mom is at home just chilling, you know, she could log in and drop a review yeah. for us too. Not No shame, you know, but... Um, it's actually kind of crazy, man. I was thinking about it before we started recording. We're on episode 165. What? Right. And that doesn't even count the Patreon exclusives that we've done. Like, you know, there's gotta be 20, 30 plus, maybe even more of those episodes on our Patreon page. It's, it's wild that we've got so many of them. I I was kind of just shocked to see that this morning. How many total do we have? 165. This this episode will be 165. That sounds like a ceremonial number. So right? I'm going to yeah. one. But that's super funny. Um, I thought we were in like maybe, like maybe the hundred and like tens. Kind of. So, yeah. huh. That's awesome. And we have so many reviews. I say that in a good way. We have a lot of reviews for having that many episodes so we're doing something right but we wouldn't be doing anything without you guys so thank you for listening yeah it really is dope to to have so many people you know interacting with us and listening and just i mean i'm blown away by the support man it's 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 just amazing to have people you know getting something out of this and enjoying listening to us talking and giving us feedback giving us ideas you know, hitting us up with questions. And like, I mean, honestly, I know you feel the same way, but I feel like I've made like, you know, half a dozen, dozen friends over the course of doing this podcast, just because we're, we're meeting like-minded people. And it's super dope to me because I just get tired of the same things that I see on all the social media platforms. And I, I actually almost sent it to you yesterday, but I logged into the sneaker history account to, you know, post some stuff and respond to some folks and the feed, you know, we try to follow everybody that's doing the, the community and I don't want to call out anybody specifically, but the feed, I actually, I actually like recorded my screen because the feed was three different, you know, other sneaker media Instagram accounts posted the exact same thing within like a, like an hour or two hour span. So if we're seeing the same things, I'm sure everybody else is seeing the same things. And it's like, I'm, I'm not like, I don't hate the, you know, TikToks and the reels or anything like that. But when everybody just does the same thing, man, just come on, like everybody's got to do a little bit different, like sure, show some opinion, share some different things, you know, maybe just go outside, you know, it's, it's not always about like, 
oh, I'm going to get this many views. I'm going to get this many likes. I'm going to get this many comments. Like that's all just comes with the territory of just putting stuff out there and sharing what you're interested in, which I don't know, man, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm tiptoeing on, on, uh, on a line of, of hatred towards my fellow sneaker media enthusiasts or whatever, but it's just old seeing the same old regurgitated stuff all the time when everybody does it at the exact same time. Right. It's true. No, it's a hundred. Yeah. It's not even like funny sometimes. I mean, I don't, I keep a burner account with no shoe follows on it just so I don't have to see the same I mean, like any news story, let's say like CNN or Washington Post covers something, gets picked up by CNN, gets picked up by MSNBC, gets picked up by ABC, gets picked up by NBC, and then the same story is being regurgitated five times at the same time. So that's not unique to sneakers, but it nonetheless gets to be frustrating. So. It's nice that we try to provide a different outlet for sneaker content. Just another sneaker podcast. That's not all that cool. But it's what we talk about. It's what's in the meat pie that matters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it, I mean, maybe I just need to have the burner going too. I, I try to, you know, I, I try to follow a mix of things that I'm interested in on my Instagram account. But honestly, like, I'm not logged into it all that much anyway. So it's, it's kind of doesn't matter what I follow on that account, which is why I just end up following probably too many people. But I don't know, I, I feel like, I feel like it's also, you know, it's, it's not necessarily on the people creating the content. I think it's also just on Instagram. Like, I don't know if it's, if it's the nature of when these, you know, platforms get really big, and they just get lazy or if the, the algorithm just gets to a point where everything is all about saturating the the you know the customer's views with the stuff that is you know calculated to be clickworthy but i i feel like i don't know what i don't know what the next platform is but i'm ready for it because as much as i love instagram and i love being able to see everybody's creativity i'm also just like ready to not see the same old stuff and I don't know, maybe MySpace will make a comeback or uh, something like that. Yeah, it's just, it's the tiptoe of uh, wanting to play nice in the sandbox. So maybe we should start going over to our our main topic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> main topics. Because before we jump all the way in, I do just want to bring up the LeBron 818 pack. I don't know if anybody has seen that. But it's yeah. a kind of exclusive. And that kind of shit just hurts my feelings. I mean, it's bad enough where I can't win anything on sneakers when there's probably like 50,000 pairs. This is like 800 pairs. This is like for sure. No, pardon me, 600. So this for sure is never happening in my lifetime, at least not for me. But um, that's a goddamn gorgeous pack. Like that's the kind of stuff that like gets my panties wet in sneakers. Like <laughs> – that's the thoughtfulness we don't see anymore, right? I mean, you don't see – you know back in the day, like let's just go not even that far back. But when I got my cork LeBron 10s, that came in a little, you know, a little uh, wooden box, like a little, uh, you know, straw raffia in it, some bullshit. Like quality packaging and something that makes you 
Like I believe the LeBron five and some of them came in a locker. Like there's been a couple shoes through the LeBron years where it's just like, it's limited, but just the packaging is just so outrageously nice. Um, there's a forging iron LeBron 11 that had a really cool packaging. I can go on and on just as my brain starts to recall, but that eight to 18 pack, it's like, God damn, that thing is just bananas. So yeah, it's beautiful. It's actually, so that makes me think of the LeBron four had those like foam zipper closure things were pretty dope um, with the the logo on the outside. Um, It's kind of crazy too. Like I just saw the today Adidas has actually got, so that, that LeBron pack is China exclusive. Adidas actually has a China exclusive with a Rose one and a Rose 11 that is, is very similar, right? It's like the, the package is, it's not quite as nice as the LeBron, but it's super dope to see, you know, this kind of effort going in. It's got kind of like the young D Rose artwork of the young D Rose artwork of the D Rose. Now, you know, like I think the box is like mirrored or some, something like that. It, it looked pretty wild, but it's just, it's unfortunate that I don't, I don't want to like shit on, you know, where things are released because obviously there's a lot of research that goes into these things. And a lot of people, you know, work really hard to determine what makes the most sense, but it sucks that this is like something that both of these releases even are things that will not be seen in the States as far as I know. And I don't know. There's a lot more I could say about that, but I think maybe I'll, I'll save that for another episode. It could be a lot of politicking. Yeah, yeah, that. definitely. Um, and it sucks, man. Um, but it is what it is. I wouldn't get that. I wouldn't have the ability to acquire that shoe pack if it if it released in my backyard. So, like, <laughs> whatever. Like, I can complain about it, but ultimately, it's futile either way. Um, yep. But like, kind of just to circle back th- again. That's the kind of stuff that like really gets my knees weak and like makes me feel like a young sneakerhead. Like, Oh, to be a young boy in love. Um, but to be a young sneakerhead really into shoes again, uh, would be equally as magical sometimes. So like Jay Wolfer, one of our active, we have a very big group of active people on our discord, but, uh, Jay Wolfer 73 recommended we talk about some, just some general topics around the sneaker world. Um, and that's actually one of them. So like the concepts, here's the question, the concept of being a sneakerhead and when you realize you were one, when did that happen? So for him, he'd always kind of had like 10 to 12 pairs. He wore them into the ground, but not until like 2012, he realized he started buying them before they were all gone and like stashing them. So that's where he thinks of becoming a sneakerhead. And that's a good bookmark. That's a good gauging point to be like, all right, I consider myself a sneakerhead at the point where I started buying more shoes than I needed immediately. Um, personally, I would consider it the time it became what I thought about when I went to sleep at night which is probably 2002, 2003 is when this like 
this laying awake at night if i could and doing the game or like if i could have 10 free shoes right now what could they be if i could have 10 jordan fives 10 lebron twos 10 it's like random making random lists in my head and reading everything during the day and just like not paying attention in class and it's like when it started to really become uh i would say an obsession it's, it's not so much an obsession now but when it became all engrossing in my free time and not free time so like that was 2003 2003 uh, i normally credit it to tracy mcgrady and kobe bryant and that year's all-star game wearing the jordan three and t-mac twos respectively uh, those are two of my favorite silhouettes by any brand ever and it's because of that reason i was really into t-mac really into um, to vince carter like who wasn't at that time but like really into alan iverson and and really into kobe so having those four people each with their own signature lines and they're all either high flyers or just generational talent. What you can use many descriptions to describe all four of those players, but it was just such a fun time in shoes. I think because like that's when the wing shooting guard, the elite bucket getter was a thing and they all had their own shoe and I had all of them and they all just like, they all had their own thing, but that time of NBA slash shoes. So like the Vince Carter two, um, the Adidas Kobe's, but more so the Jordan three in that scenario, the T-Mac one and two, um, the question, the answers, um, the shoe you wore today, the question for um, answer fours, or did you wear question for us today? No, answer four. Yeah, answer four. It's just like things like that. Just like that's all I thought about was like how dope is T Mac? Like how dope is AI? How dope are those shoes? Like it is all I thought about was basketball and shoes. So I was 13 years old, 12, 13. Yeah. How about you? When did, when did you consider, when do you consider, what qualification do you use to consider the now a sneakerhead th- threshold? And when did that start for you? I think you hit it on the head with the, you know, the thinking about it when you go to sleep at night, right? It's like when you, when that obsession just doesn't go away. And as Jay Wolfer said, uh, you know, starting to like kind of, if you're old enough and can afford it, like, almost buying things that you don't necessarily need, but you know, you're going to want them later. Uh, but for me, so I probably would say the, it's probably like the, the most memorable time for me when I was like really, truly obsessed with it was not about having them. Like we didn't have the money. My, my family didn't have the money for me to get them, but my brother and I used to draw the Air Max 1, the Air Max 90, uh, the Hirachi runner, uh, the Hirachi basketball, like that, like late 80s, right around 1990 era. We, you know, we would draw all the shoes. So to me, that was like when I when I really re- realized that I was obsessed over it. Um, I didn't really 
you know, get like a real pair of shoes for quite some time until like, you know, I, I basically, my parents basically were like, you got $30 to spend on sneakers, you know, every school year. So I would go and get, you know, $30 pair of shoes from wherever, you know, whatever department store you went to Kmart or Mervyn's or any of those old school spots that was just like the default, you're going to go shop here. And most of the time it wasn't a brand name shoe. So the first real pair of shoes I got was, uh, the Nike air ultra force. And I convinced my mom to let me buy a, the shoes were 59 99 on sale. And I remember specifically, like I convinced her to that. I, I said, I will wear this shoe for two years and I'll just take care of it and make sure that it lasts two school years. If I can get a real pair of Nike airs. And that was the first kind of like, you know, access that I actually got a pair of real shoes. Like I had some Adidas forums prior to that. Um, I had a couple of pairs of Adidas before that, but that was really like the real, like exciting moment of the shoes that I was drawing actually became something that I got. Now, if you want to see obsession, the actual like process of me actually wearing shoes as a, you know, seventh, eighth grade or whatever it was six, I guess that's like probably sixth, seventh grade. Um, I literally painted, repainted, painted, repainted, like painted, repainted the midsole of the shoe, the toe box, like everything on the shoe. I mixed up gray because the colorway of the ultra force was like a white with gray and, and blue. And I mixed up the paints like to, to make sure I could repaint it. By the time I was done wearing that shoe, it was so worn to the ground on the outsole. Like, I mean, there was, there was holes in the air bubbles, you know, you're, you're a kid, right? Like I skated in that shoe. I played basketball on that shoe. I wore it to school. I was obsessed with it. So I wore it everywhere. They stunk so bad. Like I can almost still fucking smell the stench of that shoe because I wore them so much, but it's just one of those things, you know, like I think the obsession hits you and it doesn't necessarily, to me, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're buying anything, but you're thinking about it all the time. And whether that's, you know, like from, you know, for me, it was just a plethora of athletes, right? It's like, it's, it's Jordan, it's, you know, Agassi, it's Bo, it's, it's, you know, even John McEnroe, like Pete Sampras, all these guys that I looked up to as, as, you know, superstars and that world's kind of just collided. And all of a sudden, like sneakers represented so much more than just a pair of shoes. And that's to me where, you know, it, it starts to take on a life of its own and become, you know, a, an obsession, a, you know, like whatever that d defining moment of, of a sneaker head is, that to me is it, right? It's kind of hard to describe as a one and done so thing. So what's interesting to me. Everybody has those, th those specific shoes, those specific memories, you know, like I'm a little bit older. So my memories of like Kobe, Vince, you know, T-Mac, I, I was actually you know, in a different spot in life where I wasn't able to actually afford the shoes. Like I kind of, I had some rough years there as like a, you know, a young 20 something. And so 2000, you know, one, 2002, 2003, I was buying stuff, but I wasn't like getting all the stuff that I wanted because I just didn't have access to it. So it, that that's the other part of the sneakerhead thing. Like 
you know, you think about like buying things to put them away for later because you're, you're, you know, you know, you're going to want them. But I think on the flip side, as a sneaker person or a sneakerhead, you end up like almost like creating a backlog of, of, you know, cop lists in your head of, Oh, well I'm eventually going to get this. Right. And then your obsession goes from drawing all the shoes you couldn't get as a kid buying some of the shoes, you know, working two jobs or three jobs to be able to afford that first pair of, you know, Jordans, for instance. And then next thing you know, it's like, wait, now I got to keep, I got to keep fulfilling this whole, you know, you're kind of in this whole world of like, it's, it's never ending, right? Like everything just means, oh, cool. I'm, I'm going to get this and still want the next or going to be, you know, obsessed over a particular player or a particular model, a particular, you know, designer, whatever that is. So a lot of different ways to define it. But for me, I think I knew when we were drawn like the, you know, I think like the Hirachi runner, we were drawn like hybrid Hirachi runners in 1989, 1990, 1991. And like that, that stuff was, that stuff was the way that we participated in the sneaker world as kids. And then it's just crazy to see some of that stuff. I mean, I actually just reached out to my mom to ask if I could, if she could find any of that stuff. Cause she saves a lot of that stuff. And I'm thinking like, man, we probably drew some of the hybrids that have actually happened because we were just like, Hey, a 90, a Hirachi. Cool. This will work together somehow, some way. Right. That's you need to go back and find those and get those royalties figured out. But, um, <laughs> a couple points there. I call it the vengeance purchase because there's tons of shoes um, where I didn't get it at the time. And when I see them now, it's literally like revenge on the sneaker. I've never been so angry at an inanimate object before, but uh, that vengeance purchase is real as hell. Uh, I think the Mocha 3 was one of them for me. Um, Bordeaux 7, a couple of them. But it's just, and that's really funny you bring that up. But um, and also the players and athletes that inspired you, that's incredibly interesting to me because I am admittedly a huge basketball head. I love basketball shoes more than any other type of shoes. I love basketball. And my four main players, I said, were obviously all in the NBA. You said Agassi, Bo, Jordan and um, another baseball player, I think. But like you had different ball sports there you know so like you care more about the tech challenges than i ever will (laughs) or any kind of like i could care less about nike tennis from any kind of perspective i just never had that kind of relationship with it and that's where it's so much fun to see when the love and the obsession started to root because it probably has something to do with sport or maybe more in 2020 or recent years Maybe it's an ath- uh, an entertainer that is drawing you to sneakers, like Drake or Travis Scott, whoever it might be. But there's somebody attached to those sneakers that makes you want to get them or interest, I think. So no matter what time you were born or where you are in life right now, there's some formative sneaker person in your life. And that's never going to change. And that's really cool. For sure. And I I think one of the other elements, I was actually just talking to um, another friend about this today, like that I'm potentially working on another project, but like 
I had a friend that was, you know, really not into sneakers like Jordans and stuff like that. Cause I was, I was one of those guys that just did everything right. Like I, you know, I never made the basket. I never played for any of the, the, you know, high school teams, but um, I guess I technically I did, but like I, I played basketball, I played, you know, like I played on the, on the high school golf team. I played baseball for like a city league and I, I, I like did everything right. Like skateboard BMX. Like I just was always going, always doing all these different things because I just loved, you know, being able to get out of the house and, and go do things. Right. And I was obsessed with sneakers on a level where, yeah, of course I was going to try to keep my shoes clean and, you know, repaint them when they got super dirty or I, I mean, gluing the air bubbles, you know, like you used to be able to get that like shoe goo stuff and literally try to seal up the air bubbles. It obviously didn't work. But as a kid, that was like the way that I was trying to maintain this stuff. And I actually had a friend, um, his name was Ben, and he was not really into sneakers, but I was, I was into cars too, right? Like I, I bought my first car when I was 13 years old. I didn't have a license. I bought like a stereo system when I was like 14 for my car when I was 16, you know, like I, I was like working and trying to be an adult way too early. And I don't suggest it, but it, it is what I did. So I had a friend and his, his friends and family were like, they built low riders, like nice low riders for me, like that culture and that community that exists around low riders is the kind of pinnacle of, of how to do it because the level of detail, the commitment to friends, family, and what all of that means is so unbelievably awesome to me. And when I was a kid being around that and, you know, having friends that were, were in that and like, having friends that built low riders and that turned into an obsession for all types of cars for me. But my friend Ben and and myself too, like when I was, you know, like let's say probably like eighth grade, ninth grade, um, Reebok classic nylons, like the, the $30 shoes. Right. But that was like kind of the, like, like the the hood shoe, right? It was one of those, it was like that or Cortez's. I rocked both of those a lot when I was younger and it was because it was affordable. And, and, you know, I would get maybe a pair of Jordans if I, you know, like I got like the nines were my first Jordans and I took care of the Jordans, but like I wore usually Reebok classics as, as like my daily shoe. But my friend Ben, this has to be a like seventh or eighth grade level he treated his his classic nylons the way like uh like his uncles were treating their cars and their rims so it was like every i think he rotated every day cleaned them like twice a week i mean it was just like so bananas to me because i i didn't have anybody to look up to to see like how i could take care of something like that not that it's you know i had role models to look up to everybody does in some way shape or form but like to that level of detail and commitment to like making sure that what you're using what you have is nice i was thinking about it today in this conversation that i was having and just like that to me is also that's a sneakerhead right it's not necessarily that he has a ton of sneakers or even that he cares about a ton of sneakers but man the sneakers that he has he loves them he takes care of them 
he, you know, appreciates them. And I don't even think that part of the sneaker world is prominent anymore. It's so different now because people just consume massive amounts of things and they don't care. You know, some people definitely take care of their shoes to, you know, to like the level of detail that you wouldn't believe. But there's a little bit lost because in the same way that like you can't necessarily go find, you know, uh, an old 63 Impala you know, to, to build, like that would be my dream car, but like, you can't, you, you can't do that anymore because the, the, the shoes always come back. Right. It's like the, the, the consumerism of sneakers has taken away from that, like kind of real crazy passion to, um, you know, really like embrace what you have and, and, you know, treat it like it's, it's, you know, the one kind of thing even if it's not to everybody, it is to you. And I think that's like also one of the unspoken beauties of being a sneakerhead, right? We all have those shoes that we know we can look at and think when I put that on, I'm going to feel so good. And I'm going to remember a time of, you know, whatever. And that shoe could be different for everybody, right? Like for you throwing on a Kobe, that doesn't affect me the same way, but like me throwing on a pair of questions that's a different world to me, you know, like it's just, that's the beauty of, of all of this is that everybody gets to have their own thing, but we can all look around and know when we see somebody wearing something that it's like, you just, you have that eye connection. You're like, yeah, that, that dude knows what's up, but that, that girl knows what's up. Right. And I think that's another piece of being a sneakerhead where we dismiss it because a lot of it is consumerism now and there's the resale thing and all this stuff, but there's no real denying like having a fresh pair of kicks on doesn't make you instantly feel better and make you like more confident in a, for a lot of us. And, you know, I, I guess like outside of, of sneakerheads, people might think that's superficial, but there's so many of us that could look at somebody wearing, you know, a relatively new pair of shoes or a shoe that you swap the laces out on or, a shoe that you maybe customize a little bit and you're rocking it because it makes you feel good. And that to me is, you know, at the end of the day, if you throw on a pair of shoes and it makes you feel good, I think you're a sneakerhead. That's what I was saying with the LeBron versus MJ debate where it's like, I love LeBron as an athlete. I love the shoes, but nothing makes me feel quite as confident or fresh than a fresh pair of ones jordan ones so that's can't be further from the truth i mean closer to the truth i guess would be a better way of saying that but um yeah man i agree with everything you said like before i had a lot of shoes each pair i owned was like deeply special and now those are the pairs obviously that are my favorite now because I cherish them so much, it probably was never the coolest car, um, car, um, pair of shoes on earth, but they were mine. So instantly appreciating yours is going to have a deeper level of connection compared to like, you know, Joe Schmo. So that's just, yeah, I, I love that point. But um, yeah, man, it doesn't matter how many you have. It's it's kind of fun to think about it that way because it was way more fun when I didn't have all the Jordans I wanted. 
And obviously there's way more shoes I don't have that I want, but overall, like before I had true blue threes, like thirsting for them was entertainment within itself, I guess. Like the, the journey to get them was so cool. And now it's like, okay, well, they're just in the back of the closet. I can go get them out anytime I want to. Like, it's not nearly as powerful, but like having less shoes is definitely more fun than having a lot of shoes. You just appreciate each of them more. That makes sense? Because obviously it's fun having a lot of shoes too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I think like you could even take it a, a, a little bit of a step further in terms of, you know, one of those things that I think everyone that I know that would consider themselves a sneakerhead, you know, I know, I know there's plenty of people that don't like the word sneakerhead for some reason, but like, who really cares? In my opinion, it's a, it's a good way to distinguish that you're really into sneakers. But one of the things I think that everyone that's a sneakerhead could relate to, and, uh, I got a shout out my buddy, Miles, who is also in the, in the discord, but he has helped me on a number of projects and we've been really close for quite some time. And a lot of people listening probably know him from way back in the day because he, he, he has a pretty impressive collection and he's a really good dude. And I think he's one of those people that, um, might not be like all over social media or all over the internet, but the people that have met him throughout the years, like never forget him. But one of the things that I love about my relationship with him and the things that we've always discussed. And I think naturally every sneakerhead can understand is the chase, right? At some point you've either, you know, rode the bus around Los Angeles looking for, you know, a very specific pair of shoes, or you've rode the, you know, the, you know, public transit around, you know, rode the trains around New York looking for, you know, the old, tennis stores that have, you know, LeBron sitting in the basement that they never sold because nobody knew that a tennis store was selling LeBrons or you've spent, you know, an entire day driving around, you know, your city or town going to Ross and Marshall's and, you know, Dick Sports and Nordstrom Rack and, you know, TJ Maxx and all those, you know, different kind of secondhand, not secondhand, but like, uh, you know, discounted retailers because you know that there's good stuff that pops up in there sometime. And I think like that obsession and commitment to the whole idea of like just wanting to find that and and recreate that feeling of like, damn, I finally got it is it's 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 kind of what has become of the Internet version of it. Right. Like most of us seem to be taking L's on these apps more often than not. But that's also kind of how it worked before you had apps and before you had, you know, all the stores that you, you know, knew ha that had stuff. You were driving around, you were riding your bike around, you were skating around town, hitting up every little spot that carried shoes of any kind because you never knew what was going to be sitting on the shelf or, you know, I mean, I, I used to go into skate shops and just dig through the piles of boxes because what I loved about skate shops is that a lot of times they would have so much old stock, but they would never keep it off the floor. They would literally just pile it on tables in the middle or in the back corner of their shop. And you could find shoes that have been sitting for years. And I know there's probably people listening to this that came up on, on SB dunks that way 
years ago or like shoes like the zoom tray ad or i mean i picked up a ton of dvs a ton of lakai like all those like like i mean dc shoes there's just so many of them but i think that chase aspect of it is also something that might not have been intentionally woven into what it is to be a sneakerhead but for sure because of the popularity of like let's say you know jordan's originally or um, the nature of not knowing who exactly was carrying products. And then, you know, again, like the way that things s- kind of spread online and through forums back in the day, where it was like, you had people looking out for you, you had people going to Nike town, looking for your size, the same way that we do with the guys in the discord right now, where it's like, if anybody hits a store, they're asking if anybody needs anything. And that is not spoken about as much now. But the chase and the community that that kind of can bond on that chase and understand that it's not necessarily about what you're buying, but there is some inherent like love of that chase to get, you know, whatever that is. And sometimes it's literally just like a beater pair of shoes that you got on a crazy discount and you're just super stoked about it. And that's what I love about the diversity that exists in the sneaker world, too. And rent. Whew. Man, I love me some good ass sales. And those are definitely, I could tell you where I got my super sales more than I can tell you where I physically purchased rare shoe X. So <clears throat> that's a really funny point. But um, I'm trying to find my phone. I put it away. Um, there was a couple other, there's one other point I want to hit on Jay Wolfer's uh, recommendation. And I can't. So one of the things I thought he he mentioned that was is interesting is kind of the idea of what shoes uh, you started buying before they were gone and thought you would never get them again. And what shoes you kind of started squirreling away in case they did disappear or, or whatnot. Huh. I'm not a squirreler, man. I purposely and mindfully stepped away from trying to collect so many damn things but um i'm i'm envious of that to be honest because i mean i probably have certain shoes that i've had like white on white question lows i've probably owned 15 pairs of that shoe if not more and i probably still have five or more pairs stan smiths are the same way for me like any of those like kind of super iconic simple colorways i really just stupidly go over the top for when they come out um and i now have a massive collection of shoes that i don't really get to wear interesting so i mean at one point i had like seven pairs of flyknit racers i think i only have four now but i guess that would count i also have like a whole rack like Jordan fours and Jordan ones, but to not include Jordans, I think a lot of people this squirrel up on Jordans, like flyknit racers is one I have always gone back to. I've had like five pairs of two K fours in my life. Um, 2011 hyperdunks, 2010 hyper. I've had a lot of hyperdunks going back to my love of just basketball shoes. Um, once there's a, 
a model I tend to, or a year I tend to like, I'll have multiple pairs of them. Um, the LeBron Soldier 10, that's another one actually, accidentally squirreled up on. We talked about how good the LeBron Soldier line was a couple episodes ago. And I looked in the closet one day and was like, why the fuck do I have so many LeBron Soldier 10s? Like these just need to, these need to go away. It's like yeah. it was a random shoe to have multiple pairs of. Um, questions now because of the beautiful people at Reebok. I now have multiple pairs of questions. But uh, I don't know, man. I guess you kind of broke down. I've never owned a pair of Stan Smiths. How weird is that? I could care less about Stan Smiths. I mean, I think that's the beauty of it, though, right? Like, it's it's so different for everybody. So, like, the Stan Smith, and even, like, a step further for me, the Stan Smith 2, which most people don't even remember. But, like, that shoe came out probably in, like, 2001 or so. And it wasn't, like, a sneakerhead shoe at all. But it was a shoe that I wore a ton of because it was super comfortable and kind of just, like, clean and simple. But also like my brother had a pair and like, you know, I had another friend that had a pair and it's like that kind of stuff happens in, in like with a lot of things where, you know, it's, it's not like you have to be wearing the same things. And I think that's like kind of the beauty of how it's grown. Right. Because for sure, when, you know, when the first Jordans were coming out, you know, if you were in school or high school or college or whatever, you knew the, you know, 10 or 20 people that actually paid attention and had the shoes or, you know, they knew of them. And now it's kind of just a default that people have dope shoes, regardless of, of what that shoe is. But it also is one of those things where you, you, it almost felt like a little like tight knit community of like secret society type shit, where if you saw somebody wearing a pair of Jordans in like the, you know, early nineties, you kind of knew what was up. Right. And I think that's the same kind of thing where, you know, there's going to be people, even like a shoe, like the, the soldier 10, right. There's going to be people that look at that shoe. Let's say you only keep one of those shoes, but you break it out five, 10 years from now to go to the gym and hoop a little bit. There's going to be somebody that's going to come up to you and be like, man, I cannot believe I got rid of all those. I loved hooping in that shoe, blah, 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 blah. And that's like the craziness about sneakers, right? It could be, of soldier 10 it could be a stan smith too it could be a pair of jordans it could be a pair of you know like i mean vans slip-ons are crazy you know popular and people have crazy stories and chucks are the same way and it's such a i don't know man i get excited about it because it really it really like brings it back to like a very simple human like empathetic level in my opinion of like Hey, you just understand that's, that's what that person is going to do and feel good about. And it's cool. It's dope. Like do your thing and I'm going to do my thing and we're all good. And I think it's sounds maybe wishful thinking, but like sneakers are that for me. So. Beautiful. Nick, this, the inspirationalist over here. <laughs> also, I've never owned a pair of Flynet racers, man. You're missing out. It's a very, uh, narrow weird shoe but it looks it's like the flyknit pattern just looks so good and when you look down at your feet it kind of makes a little heart shape it's yeah. weird it make a little heart shape on the toe box and that's the little thing that that's the little thing in life the little things that make me smile 
was like, okay, there's a, there's a cute little heart in here. I like this. I like this shoe. Life's yeah. not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Stan. So that's funny you said that most people don't know Stan Smith two is a shoe. I am one of those people. I didn't. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a, uh, you know, it's it's not like a. It wasn't like came out in the in the sixties with the Sand Smith one or anything. Obviously, it was like they recreated it, almost like an SB Dunk of the regular Dunk, right? Like they added cushioning, they added a little bit of padding. Oh, okay. So it it has the same look and feel. It's got a heel tab on it. Um, it's a it's a little bit thinner or a little bit narrower in the toe. It's a, it's not like as wide as the original Stan Smith. Like or not wide. I guess shallow. It's a little bit more shallow, but you know, it's, it's like one of those like two for 50, two for 60 racks, you know, at, at, at foot action or something, you know, years ago. But yeah, I don't know. It, I'm, I'm really curious to everybody that's listening and, you know, obviously thanks for sticking with us for this, this whole hour and spending your time with us. But I would love to know what, you what what does the word sneakerhead mean to you? Does it that does it actually define people? Is it offensive? Like is is you know are you one of those people that's like there's no such thing as a sneakerhead and there's no such thing as a community and no such thing as love and shoes and you know like all those things are always kind of entertaining to me because I obviously have a crazy passion for sneakers, but at the end of the day, I know that it's all about the people for me and being able to have these conversations and meet new people and share these stories and talk to people and, you know, get that feeling of like, I'm going to throw these on and somebody's going to end up saying something to me to make me feel a little bit better. I'm going to end up seeing somebody rocking something dope today when I go get some coffee. And now I'm starting a conversation and, you know, maybe it's not like you're trying to be friends and, you know, I, I know that uh, Drake says no new friends, but like I'm kind of the opposite of that because I just feel like we're social beings and we need more and more people. And especially in this crazy time right now, sneakers is a perfect way to just be like, yo, those are dope. And you don't even have to take it any further. It changes everyone's mood. So let us know what you guys are feeling about the word sneakerhead and what it means to you. And, and when you started your whole journey into sneakers, I, I think maybe we could figure out a way to do this. We'll throw it on our Instagram story and you guys can maybe just drop a comment so we can share some of those stories with everybody. Cause I really think this is a great topic and shout out to Jay Wolfer 73 from, from the discord group for uh, bringing it up. Brilliant. Like those old Guinness commercials, right? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, man. Guinness. I think I'm about to go get me a Guinness right now. <laughs> I could use a good pint, but um, very good topic. Uh, I'm interested to see how other people quantify if it's numbers, if it's a feeling, what what makes you a sneakerhead or what doesn't. I know a lot of people also who don't like the term sneakerhead. I'm like, bro, get over yourself. You collect shoes. Like, what do you call? Actually, what do you call a car fan? A car head? A motor head? A gearhead? I don't know. Gearhead? A car guy? I mean, so I bet you there's people who hate gearhead. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm so sure. They, yeah. Like anything in life, there's going to be perspective on it. But um, interesting. 
Very, yeah. very interesting topic of today. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Uh, we know it's it's a uh, you got a plenty of choices out there, and we definitely appreciate you guys listening to the episodes. And as always, you can follow us at Sneaker History on all the platforms. You can find myself at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. N i c k e n g v a l l. And you can find Robbie. Robbie, where you at? At R A H B E E seven o two. I am the worst on being on the internet recently, but you'll find me there sometime. (laughs) Right on. Well, we appreciate all of you, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.